With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels. I am here with Charles L. Whitby II, CEO and Grand Poobah of Eastgate Enterprises. <laughs> and today... <laughs> Today is Wednesday, September 2nd, 2015. Hey, Charles. Hi, Denise. So Charles is in Washington, D.C. right now, strategizing how he's going to take over the world, (laughs) meeting with President Obama tomorrow morning. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) So anyway. What's that? He personally requested me. Yes, yes, yes. You're giving a command performance this evening, right? (laughs) Doing a trunk show of all your suits because Obama hates shopping. (laughs) Anyway, I've heard him say that before. He hates shopping. So, anyway. All right. Okay, good. So, um, today's chapter is going to be about budgeting and planning. I am assuming that chapter one I sent you about brown skin and broke, the problem. Chances are you probably, I mean, I sent it, uh, I think it was around 9 o'clock this today, um, Vegas time, which would be about noon where you're at in D.C., but I'm assuming with everything you're doing, all the running around, you probably haven't had a chance to look at it, right? I only had a chance to read the first page, so. Okay, okay, no biggie. I, You know, I figured that. And then just so you're aware, the Chapter 2 on Get Your Learn On, I'm on page 11 out of what looks like will be a 13 or 14 page chapter. I'm on the section on sort of like self-improvement education. Okay. Okay. So that's where I'm at. So I should finish that before I go to bed tonight, you know. So pretty pretty easily, I think, you know. So um, anyway, there we go. So what, what you were saying before... Um, before we turn the recording on, is that the example of Maria that, you know, we had in sort of an intro chapter that we've we've moved into the budgeting and planning chapter, we really want to kind of flush that out more. So I have all that stuff um, in front of me. Um, I don't know if you do or not, but um, you probably have it plastered in your brain anyway, you know. So... Anyway, so let's talk about that and kind of flesh out Maria's example a little bit more. Okay. Look, I can actually pull that pull that up. Okay. Which chapter was that from? Did you did you miss it? Um, where I copied and pasted it from was originally in chapter two, get your learn on. Okay. Okay. To learn on, there you go. Yeah, just do a navigation search for the name Maria, and you'll probably find it. Okay, we were, I'm, I'm we were talking last Friday about like the different expenses. I got this sort of list sort of a spreadsheet kind of thing, you know, as what she had left over and all that. So anyway, and in this example, Maria's expenses gobble up 95% of her income. This ratio of expenses to income is not optimal for accumulating wealth. Fortunately, Maria is empowered to progress financially because she has the fundamental building block in place, knowing where she stands financially. In the acclaimed 17 Laws of Teamwork, author and leadership expert John Maxwell says, a team can make adjustments when it knows where it stands. 
when a coach knows how much time he has left in the game and how many points are needed to put on the board and the number of points to hold the opponent to, he can implement a game plan that allows his team a real chance to win. A budget is like a scoreboard for a team during a sports contest. It enables you to make changes to move closer to your desired end result. One quiet evening, Maria took a look at her budget and asked herself, and then this is like copied and pasted somewhere else. Let's see where I have the rest of this. Asked herself, okay, what can I do differently to save money? She realized, how can I ever get ahead on $130 a month? How can I ever save enough money for a down payment on a home? So there you go. That's where we're at with Maria. Okay. Did you find it as I was reading it, or did it just... I did. I had to skip over some stuff, though, because it was uh, more material in there than... In my and what I have in front of me, um, so well, let and me I have, just I just copied and pasted it from the Get Your Learn On chapter into what will become budgeting and planning. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. Um, do, 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 do. And then, so all of this that I have in here about uh, savings throughout my 20s, I recall having a savings account but never had any money. Yeah, that's it. I kept that and get your learn on. Okay, awesome. And then, so we just copied all that out. So now one quiet evening, we're into Okay, okay. So then I think that um, we say uh, Maria um, pulled her budget out and begin to look at, you know, what things she really needed to have and what things were more of um, a want and not a need. Or fun and luxurious and not a need. Right. Right? Right. All right, so let me go to the list of numbers here. All right, and see what you recommend for her to shift. All right, so we've got um, her entertainment is about $200 a month. she realizes that she may go to the movies one too many times a month, and her we could talk about how the typical movie um between her buying a movie, buying popcorn and a drink, she spent thirty to forty dollars just on that. Is that what we now? Yeah. and I we never get popcorn. And if we go to a movie, we go to a matinee, like on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Yep. You, know? it's, you can easily spend 30 to $40 at the movie theater. <laughs> the ticket, wow. a non-matinee ticket itself is 10 bucks, And then, like, a popcorn combo with candy and... Um, Which isn't and, even healthy for you. Right. With candy and... Uh, a pop a like soda. $20. Wow. Well, you can get Netflix for seven ninety five a month and make popcorn at home with your girlfriends. Exactly. There you go. Okay, so then what would you adjust the entertainment well, budget? I would to? say uh, Maria... Realize that if she stopped uh, going to the movies um, twice a month, she could twice a month as opposed if she changed her behavior to twice a month as opposed to four times a month, she would say she could cut her entertainment expense alone just with that practice. 
Right, right. And, you know, one of the things I've learned when it comes to eating out is that if you, you know, if you're ordering, like, cocktails or wine or whatever, that's, like, the most expensive thing, you know, because you can easily spend ten, twelve dollars on one glass of wine, you know. And right. if you order something like an iced tea, you only spend maybe three dollars, you know, but then if you're just having a quick lunch where you're meeting a you know, meeting a friend quick, you know, just have a glass of water with lemon and you can save a significant amount. The other thing is is if you order off like the salad menu or the appetizers menu it's less expensive than if you order off the entree menu. Right. I'm just in the habit of doing those things, you know? Exactly. So, anyway, any other suggestions in terms of her entertainment budget? Yeah, I like what you said about uh, eating out is incredibly expensive. Um, It is. And so we could, you could, you know, say things like that. She realized that if she goes to happy hour instead of, you know, dinner at uh, her favorite restaurant, she can have a tremendous savings as well. And maybe we quantify it by giving it a number, saving, you know, um, 20 to $30 a month or something like that. Yesterday I met a bunch of friends at a place at Tivoli Village for this friend's birthday. And, you know, they were all ordering cocktails and everything. And I said, I want a glass of water with lemon, but I want you to put it in a wine glass. You know? So, I mean, yeah, they can, of course people can tell it's water. It's no big deal. But at least it feels festive. It doesn't feel like you're punishing yourself, you know? Yeah. I agree. And that's where yeah, I, I, I want to take away that whole, like, stun thing. Like, you, you got to just totally give up everything and be a monk and hide in a cave, you know. We, we want to kind of be more of a, uh, have a more gradual uh, lifestyle. Right, right, right. Change. Now, we we talked last week about the, um, you know, hair, nail, makeup, clothing budget of 450 as one of the areas where she might cut. Oh, okay. So, what are you suggesting she cut the entertainment budget to? Um, I would say, you know, like half. No, not a tenth. Um, maybe like, uh, she cut it down to like twenty bucks a week. So let's say eighty dollars. So, um, well, I su- I suggested half. Uh, okay, that yeah, half half is fine. I mean, yeah, so it's like a hundred bucks a month. Okay, all right. So the hair, nail, makeup, clothing budget. Yeah, uh, I think Okay, so I'm so I'm a girl, so I'm going to take the lead a little bit here. Okay? okay, all right. So I know that like you know every woman wants her hair to look nice. But I know African-American women are, like, super conscious about their hair, you know. And Chris Rock did that whole movie about good hair. Good hair. Right? (laughs) You know. Yeah. I mean, I know women who have said, Denise, I can't afford marketing mentoring. You know, this was a couple years ago when I was doing marketing mentoring. I can't afford marketing mentoring. And then I find out they they went to the same hairstylist that I went to and spent $500 on extensions. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was spending $40 on a haircut. They were spending more than 10 times that amount. You know, if you choose a hairstyle that makes you look good and is somewhat low maintenance, you can save a boatload of money. Um, My best friend, um, you know, Stacy, she's a white girl, you know, and her hair is fine. And she she spends $140 a month on her, actually, it's more like 150 now, a month on her hair, you know, because she has it colored professionally and cut at the same time. You know, well, I buy the color from a box, which cost me $10, 
and I go to Fantastic Sam's, which cost me $30, and I cut my own bangs so I can make my haircut last six weeks rather than going in every four weeks, you know. So it's like there's things that you can do with hair that will make your look last a little bit longer because if whatever amount of money you spend, if you're spending it, say, eight to ten times a year rather than every single month, you know, you'll spend less. Exactly. You know, the other thing is when it comes to nails, all right, like I go get my nails done every ten days, but I get a basic manicure, which is a lot less expensive than a gel manicure or a manicure with all these fancy little you know, spray-on things and, you know, fancy tips and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm lucky that I have good nails, but I keep them moderately short because I'm on the keyboard all day, you know. So I wear a nice, you know, but one thing I do is I go out and I buy my own polish, you know, from like, you know, a beauty supply place like Ulta or whatever, and in between my manicures, I change the polish myself so that way, instead of going every week, I go every two weeks. So it costs me half as much. Right. Right. And I think those those type of habits exactly would would be what I would suggest. You know, in the sense of, um, I mean, even on the the reverse, I I remember a day when men's haircuts used to be around ten bucks. You know, a haircut and all like you could easily spend twenty five thirty dollars getting a haircut. Well, thankfully, I've been cutting my hair since I was, like, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've probably saved, like, tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I cut my own bangs in between my haircut, but if I try to cut my whole head, my hair is so thick, it ends up looking all kinds of crazy, you know. So, but like like Ernie, just last night he gets this stuff that kind of like grows below his hairline in the back, you know. So he has me shave it off, and then, you know, on like towards the lower part of his neck, he has me shave that off. So then he can wait another two weeks before he goes and gets a haircut. You right. Know? So there's little things you can do to like maintain. So let's see if we add that up. Okay. All right, how did you come up with 450? Like, did you just, like, pick it out of the sky, or did you ask someone, or did you add some things up? No, I did kind of, like, um, I, I know, like, a mani-pedi at some of those salons, like, $80 for a mani-pedi. Um, oh, I pay 35 <laughs> But you have to be willing to go to a place where they don't speak English. Well, so so then that's an you know that's another thing to think about, right? Is you know if you go to a if you go to a mani pedi twice a month that costs eighty dollars, and you you can go to one that costs thirty five. There, as you say, you know you cut your costs in half. So right. I, that's why I got the 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 you know one hundred and sixty dollars. Now I know that black women spend like two hundred dollars alone just on the hair, right? Um, and then right. maybe a hundred dollars to get sewn in, you know. So that's another um, three hundred bucks. So are you, I, so you, you said two hundred dollars on the hair, and then what did you say on a hundred dollars? And what was that? On getting the hair sewn in. Say it one more time. You sounded a little muddy. Sewn in, like oh, sewn in. Okay, like a weave. Right. Right. Right, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, it's really up there, you know. So, But, like, I'm seeing more African-American women who are, like, wearing their hair natural, Yeah. you know. And it just looks healthy and it looks nice and, you know, it's like, it's fine. And I think that they're more judgmental about it, you know, you know, like, oh, you can't wear your hair natural, you know. But I think that, like, African-Americans are more judgmental about the whole hair thing and the word nappy and all that stuff than white folks are. Exactly. I don't know, you know. 
So, I agree. Anyway. Anyway. And um, when, I'll tell you what I do to save money on makeup. Like, I'll go to a fancy makeup counter, and like every couple of years, and I'll have them do like a makeover where I sit in the chair and they do the whole deal, you know. Right. And then I'll buy, I'll buy like one item so that the person doesn't feel like they wasted their time. Like, you know, I'll buy a lipstick and it's like $25 when I could go to a, a drugstore and get a lipstick for $8 or whatever. And then what I'll do is I'll buy all the same colors. I'll go to like the drugstore and buy it when it's on sale, you know. So it's right. like a fraction of the price if I just spent it all on Lancome or, you know the expensive brands at the department stores. Exactly. You know, so I'm a woman, so I can, you know, handle some of that stuff. You know, even though, I mean, I've never I've never gotten my hair weaved, although when I went to Mexico one time, I did have it all braided, you know. <laughs> just, the, just the front of my head. Man, it hurt like heck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I think, I, you know, in terms of um, I, I, Maria, I mean, I want her to be a Latina girl. She probably wouldn't you, get the weed, but she may get the makeup. You know what I mean? Or the like clothing, choose one over the other. I think clothing was the other thing. You know, I mean, right? Women can spend man. Like if you shop at Victoria's Secret, oh my God! I mean, that's that alone is just a whole. Uh, Incredible expense. And you're saying forty dollars or bras. And, right. And, you know, I can understand what the ones that you need. Like you need bras and you need underwear. But like this for the stuff. This is like, oh, this is so cute. I want to get it. You know. No, there's really no need for it. <laughs> I I think you've had girlfriends and you've been around with this stuff before. Yeah. yeah. Or something. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm right. most like most ladies that I know, they they are infatuated with with Victoria's Secret and like spend hundreds of dollars in Victoria's Secret. I'm like, I've never spent a hundred dollars on undergarments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I won't put this in the book, but I will see. Let's say um, an intimate item like that on. QVC, and let's say it's $30, right? And then I'll go on eBay, and I'll type in the exact same name, and I'll get maybe two of them for $12. And it's like brand new, in the cellophane, with the tags on, you know, the whole thing on eBay. Yep. So, but I won't put that in the book. That'll that'll sound too cheap for some people, you know. <laughs> So, anyway, especially coming from a guy, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, but but I think we can say things like be smart about shopping at sales, you know, and, you know, obviously you want nice clothing and you want nice undergarments, but, you know, they can be found on sale and, you know, stuff like that. So, Anyway. Right, and, and be careful of making those things hobbies as opposed to, you know, um, to, like the whole discussion about rewarding yourself. You know, you, you come with something, yeah, that's what you really like. If you really like Victoria's Secret's underwear and that's how you want to treat yourself, feel free to do so after you've done, you know, you've, you've hit milestones that you want to hit. But be careful not to make those things hobbies where you're progressively spending on those items and it's keeping you, you know, from really being in a good financial position. Right, right. Now, your budget of $200 on groceries, is that about what you spend? Um, I, I do spend... Yep, I spend two hundred dollars a month on groceries. Okay, okay. Well, between Ernie and I, I think I spend about five hundred. However, I've become over the last year or two, I buy a lot more like organic stuff and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is more expensive. So, anyway, right. okay, 
All right, so if that's what you spend, that's what we'll keep it at. And I think gas, 50 bucks a week on gas, that's pretty reasonable. Car insurance, $120. Of course, a lot of that depends on the kind of car you drive, you know. But would you ever recommend someone taking on like a higher deductible policy and, you know, save the difference so they can lower their premium? If, if I would only recommend that if they have the discipline to save. So once, you know, once they feel comfortable with the discipline to save, because otherwise they're going to have this high deductible, they can't pay it, you know. Right. Right, so right. Think, so maybe once I, they've gotten to the point where they've saved that and a lot more, then they can look at getting a higher deductible. You know, I sold insurance for five years, you know, right. not not property and casualty. I sold life and health. But, you know, we always used to say when you trade dollars with an insurance company, you always lose, you know. So if you have the discipline to save, it's always better to put aside money for deductibles which right. you may only need once every five years or ten years rather than spending money on a low or no deductible policy. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think and think that goes back to having an emergency fund, right? That's one of the functionalities of an emergency fund is when you you have a uh a situation like your car, you're in an accident, you need the deductible. Most people don't have it in their budget just to say, hey, here's $1,000 for my deductible because that's what I had extra in my paycheck. Right, right, (laughs) right. Now, do you want to recommend anything to Maria with regard to making more income in some way? Absolutely. Okay, so let's... So so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, when I transcribe this conversation, I'm going to, like, figure it all out, like how much money does she have left over. But what were you thinking to get the figure on hair, nail, makeup, clothing? What were you thinking about getting that down to? Um, so Like maybe 300 a month? Right, right. Okay. Okay. I know somebody gave me... Um, this was about a year and a half ago, somebody gave me a gift certificate to get a mani-pedi over at the spa at Mandalay Bay, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, somebody who worked there and she was doing it as like a gift for something special I'd done for her, you know, so I don't think it cost her this amount of money. But at any rate, if I had walked in the door and bought that mani-pedi there, it would have been $110 for something that I spent $35 for. Now, it was a real fancy environment, but when I walked out the door, my nails were pretty much the same. It was pretty much the same job, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot lot of people pay for experience, which is not a problem when you have discretionary income. And I I think that's something to be said, maybe not in in this chapter, is kind of talk about, well, I'll find somewhere where we talk about, um, uh, Buying experiences belong to uh, is an earned privilege. I guess we can I can figure out somewhere to put that. Because uh, what I what I what I think happens is, you know, we watch television and we see all of this lifestyle type of um, marketing. Which, everybody seems everybody seems rich. Right, 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 right. right. You want you want to have this experience. That costs. I mean, that's it's it's a plus experience, and it has a plus price tag to it. And again, that should be something that's an award situation, and not and when you don't have discretionary income to just do that. It shouldn't be something that you you know you made a hot a hobby. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know, designer labels. So. Anyway, all right, so let's talk about her earning some more income. What do you got in mind for Maria for that? So Maria has a talent that she can bake cakes very well and make them really pretty. And she's uh-huh. had, she made some cakes for her, her, um, her nieces and nephews that were very popular, and she got requests for orders for cakes. And so Maria has this talent and um, has in the past turned down opportunities to make money with it. 
Mm-hmm. Marisa starts thinking, hey, she wants to have a little bit more money to put away or to um or to uh to save up for, you know, something that she really wants, like she wants a she wants a down payment, she wants a house. And she knows that she can't, you know, um have a down payment on a house on the with the money that she's currently making, so she's considering um monetizing that opportunity. Monetizing her talent. Yep. Right. Okay. So let's figure out, like, how much money can she make pretty quickly baking cakes? So I mean, Maria... the supplies for cake baking are pretty inexpensive. It's right. more about, you know, the creativity and the experience and all of that. So Maria could make, um, on average, two cakes um, a week in her spare time, which she could profit about 30 to $40 per cake. Let's say the first couple of months, what if we said this, the first two months she's using her profits to buy equ- equipment, mm-hmm. you know, like not a commercial kitchen, but like the right, you know, you have to have this, um, this, um, it, you know, it's kind of like a cake plate that sits up, but it spins so that you can put the icing on faster and stuff like that, and the pastry bags and, you know, little little tools that you need to do it. Yeah. So let's say the first month, if she's doing that every week and she's making 60 to $80 per week, her first month she's like reinvesting in equipment and tools. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then she starts making sixty to eighty dollars per weekend per week. Um, right. So then, what I'll do is I'll just take a calculator to it and figure out, you know, what it is. Even if she never went bigger with it. Right. You know, it's just a little sideline thing. Exactly. You know, she puts a notice in the church newspaper, a little advertisement that costs her. 50 bucks, you know, I'll figure it out. Or Craigslist for free. (laughs) Craigslist for free, yeah. Yeah, or Facebook, she takes pictures and uploads them to Facebook and all her friends see the pictures. Exactly. Right? Okay. All right, so we can figure after she's bought out a few supplies and stuff like that, if she's making, say, let's just average it to $70 a weekend, Times there's 4.3 weeks in a month. Times that's $300 per month. Times 12 months, that's $3,600. You know, and that's not including the savings on hair, nail, and makeup, and you know the other entertainment we talked about. But you know, by the time we get done with this, she'd probably be up to about saving approximately $500 a month. Exactly. With all of this, you know? Exactly. So, anyway, anything more you want to say about Maria's situation? Um, No, I, I think that pretty much... Pretty much um, does it? Okay. Well, I mean, and, and we have stuff in here about how... Um, you know, that I kind of like copied and pasted, like, the, you know, there's a quote on by John Maxwell, and then you've got something about you have to know what you're working with. And, you know, it's kind of like people keep looking at their watch throughout the day. They should be looking at their budget, you know. So we have some of that stuff that I've moved over from other places. Okay. You know, so do you want the chapter to you know, uh, predominantly focus on Maria? Um, I think we could probably use two examples. Um, okay. So let's, because, let's do another example. Because Let's, let's uh, do a guy. Yeah, let's do a guy. Let's okay. Do, uh, um, Marcus. I don't know. Have we used Marcus before? Yeah, we used Marcus. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's use Theo. Cleo, okay. Theo. 
T H E O. C what what is how's it spelled? C what? T O T H E O. Oh, like Theodore, like short. No. Okay. No. All right, so we'll call him Theo. Okay, good. And um, Theo uh, Theo works with Maria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're coworkers. They're coworkers. And Theo is inspired, you know, by Maria being excited about, you know, saving money and and not living paycheck paycheck to paycheck anymore. And so he tries to figure out what he wants to do. And Theo has um has been has always been interested. What do we say to do we say Maria was an accountant or something like that? I think we said uh, Maria was in marketing. Marketing. Okay. So let's make Theo a graphic designer, you know, because that's sort of like a um, a, a more detailed subset of marketing. Well, I was thinking about, sure, let's do that. Kind of a creative thing, you know? Because I, I was well, I was thinking more about using him as a person who didn't, who doesn't necessarily. Um, uh, he's not the guy that does um, does another side business. He's the guy that wants to get a promotion, so he takes some. You know, course. Oh, I off. see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Okay. So we so we can kind of. Gives two different avenues to get to more revenue and, you know. Um, right, right. So let's say that he works in marketing as well in a different area, and he wants to be, let's say, a buyer for the company. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, because depending, I mean, she's kind of entry level at $3,000 a month. Right. And, you know, so it's like a buyer would be a step up, you know. Yeah. And he, you know, buyers a lot of times will travel all over the world. They'll go to Japan and China and places like that where where goods are manufactured, you know. Right. So anyway, and he, really, he, he, he likes it. He's got the degree in marketing and he wants, he wants to do the travel. He's single. He can do it because he doesn't have kids yet. How's that sound? How am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, good. So his deal is instead of doing a side business to move up in the company, right? Exactly. Right. So according to Get Your Learn On, he would go and get some additional training of some sort and also get a mentor within the company. Right. Right? Yep. You know? Absolutely. So I'm not, you know, I'm. Let's say it's company offered training on team building and leadership and stuff like this. That's and no he, he's just lucky enough that his mentor is the VP of marketing for the company, who kind of likes him. I like that. You like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things, because I've been a mentor to a lot of people, you know, is that, you know, every once in a while when you have somebody who asks you for advice or whatever, you know, usually what they do is they just kind of like, okay, thanks, and they sort of disappear off the face of the earth, which means you're not very enthusiastic to keep offering them more advice and more of your time because, you know, it's like you want to hear, well, how did it go? What happened? You know, Right. So at any rate, what I found is that people who are sort of experienced in the business world, you know, when they take the time to kind of mentor someone, they want two things, okay? They want the person to get back to them and let them know how did it go, whatever advice they gave them. Did they did they try it and use it and everything? Because that encourages them to want to spend more time with that person. And the other thing is to kind of genuinely take an interest in the person who's mentoring them. So that means every once in a while 
you see an article online, you send them a link to the article and say, hey, I thought you might be interested in in this. Or, hey, I remember it's your wife's birthday. Tell her I said happy birthday. You know, something, you know, just little things like that. Exactly. Right? Right. So he does that, and he moves up to assistant buyer within a year, and then within another, I don't know how long, maybe like another year and a half, he becomes a full-on buyer. And we could associate um, and kind of reflect in his budget his increase, and we and he makes a conscious decision that the money that he makes via his promotion, instead of living a more intricate or more uh, lavish lifestyle, he's, he wants to save that money, put that money away. Right, right. I know, like my um, my dad. Um, whenever he would get overtime, he never lived on overtime. He only, you know, my parents only lived on what was like his basic salary. And then when he would get overtime, they would set it aside for different things, a down payment on a house, a car, or whatever, you know. Of course, you know, once he was into the salaried world, there was no overtime. But the first few years they were married, you know, and he was getting more of an hourly wage, you know, that's that's how they discipline themselves. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. And that's okay. what and that's what and and he he's able to do so um with the in with with an additional incentive that his job is paying for his travel. So he still is able to live um an adventurous type of life that he would like to live, but he found a way to have someone else pay for it. Right. And every once in a while, what he does when he goes to a new place is he will stay an extra day, you know, pay for one night of a hotel room out of his own pocket to stay an extra day and, you know, be able to play tourist in a place he never would have been able to visit before. Right. Right. How's that sound? I love it. Right. So how much more income do you want him to make from, let's say he's at the same level as Maria when he starts out. So what do you want him to, like, let's say he goes from marketing to assistant buyer to buyer. How much do you want him to sort of like jump up in income? I think over the course of both position jumps, probably like eight grand a year, um, what we could do is I would think that the first jump will be a little bit less. Um, so if the $3,000 is her take-home pay, that means she's probably making about, you know, that's 36000 She's probably making about like forty-five to fifty, right? right? Okay. So let's just say 50 because it's a round number. So from 50 to 58 you think that sounds reasonable from, you know, marketing whatever to assistant buyer, and then another eight thousand to go to full fledged buyer. I was thinking more, um, more uh, the first. Uh, I mean, because a lot of companies they're not going to give you like a large rate. Um, a lot of companies I'm, what? I'm trying to think of so. Inflation, what is the inflation, typical inflation um, raises? Yeah, yeah, it's low. It's like 3% a year or something like that. Okay. So it should be something greater than 3%. But, yeah, well, maybe maybe 8,000 is a good number. Yeah, that's okay. I like that. 8,000? Okay. Because, let's see. If if you go from fifty thousand, a ten percent raise would be five thousand dollars. So eight thousand would be about a what, sixteen, seventeen percent raise? Yeah. That's a pretty good raise in the corporate world now. It's a great raise in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just been away from the corporate world so long, it's it's like Charles, I have like no clue anymore, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, but but I but I know corporate raises are not what they used to be, ten twenty years ago. You right. know, right. So at any rate, of course, he's got to take taxes out of that eight thousand dollars more, but he still manages to have about after taxes, he manages to have about five thousand dollars that he can squirrel away as an assistant buyer. And more than that, that he can save when he becomes a full-fledged buyer. Right. Right? Yep. So, anyway. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Anything more that you want to add in these examples, or do you think we've kind of fleshed them out? Or. Um. I don't know. Maybe say I, I think I think one thing to say, especially for the man, is um, you know uh, to think about things like you know one day um, who, what do we call this guy Theo? One day Theo yeah. wants to you know <laughs> give, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one day Theo wants to get married and wants to be able to buy his wife a nice ring and not have to you know. Um, have have that as a worry. Just kind of talk about some things that may incentivize him to want to make more money other than, I think incentives really speak a lot to people about, you know. Okay, so now we're making him married. Before we were saying he wasn't married, so now he's married? No, no, he's not married, but he he dreams one day of being married, you know. I see. Okay. And he wants to be in a position that when he meets somebody, he can financially handle the responsibility without putting strain right. on this family. And maybe right. say something like because he, he saw enough strain growing up with his parents. Right, right. And, you know, there's this thing in ads in women's magazines for diamonds. You know, like I'm talking since the 1970s. It says, you know, uh, um, a, uh, a wedding ring, you know, like the engagement ring and the wedding band wedding ring should cost about two months of the man's salary. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's like the biggest crock of whatever, you know. It like, used to be, it used to be uh, two, two paychecks. Oh, no. I, I, I remember De Beers Diamonds. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I remember buying Glamour magazine in the 1970s when I was in high school, Charles, and those ads always said, a diamond ring should be about two months of the guy's salary. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right? Well, they're trying to get you to spend more. But if a woman sees that over and over again and she tells her guy that, then he's going to feel like he has to go into hock to buy it. Yeah. You know? Crazy. It is crazy. Especially yeah. when you realize... You know, like in the in the long term, I mean, there's all this excitement when you get it, but in the long term, the quality of the marriage is so much more ex- important than the expense of the ring. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, you still want to wear something nice, but, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, again, it's the commercialization of society and um, it's hard to get away from that. It's hard, and you really have to work to get out of that mentality. Right. So let's say that person who's making, say, 60000 a year, that's 5000 a month, that's telling the guy he should spend $10,000 on a ring. No, thank you. Excuse me. It's like he could spend 5000 on that and put 5000 on it towards a down payment on a house. Makes right. a lot more sense, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you and I, we're on the same page, dude. All right. All right. Any okay. other th- any other thoughts on budgeting and planning? No, I think that's... Um, I think it's pretty good. I think it'll be I, a good chapter. I think so, too. Okay. So you know that... Um, Brown skin and broke is in your in your um, inbox, and before I go to bed tonight, um, get your learn on will be in your inbox. You know, 
And so anyway, when do you come home? I'm going to Michigan when I leave here on Saturday, and I'll be back Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning? Okay. So let me get, pull my calendar. If, what if we put it, like, towards the end of next week so that you have a day or so to um, just kind of adjust to being back home? Okay. Does that sound fair? That's fair to me. Okay, good. All right, so that would be Friday, September 11th. Yes, and right. I I am, I got a lot going on that day. I, got, um, I do have an opening at 4, if that's not too late for you on a Friday. No, that's not bad at all. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let me put 4. Normally on Friday afternoons, I get together with my girlfriend, and we're kind of mastermind partners. We're girlfriends, but we're mastermind partners and talk about what our goals are and all that kind of stuff. But I know that 9-11 is her husband's birthday. So oh, okay. So, you know, she'll want Friday for that. So, anyway. Okay. All right. So I got you down for Friday, September 11th at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And I have that down as well. Okay. That sounds good. Have a great... Are you going to be able to go out and do some networking this e- the rest of the evening? or Tonight, I'm going to bed. I, I read-eyed um, to get here. Oh, and, that's right. I forgot that. And my plane got delayed an hour, so um, I was up because I, I sleep on planes, but I was up a little longer than I expected to. Oh, jeez! So, yeah, when I got yeah, see, here, I won't do I won't do red eyes anymore. I, you know, I used to fly a lot to, you know, Chicago and Orlando and stuff like that. Only back then I lived in San Diego, so it was even farther west. Right. You know. And I, I, when I hit 40, I said, that's it, no more red eyes, you know. So, anyway. I might say the same thing when I hit 40. <laughs> you might. You might. <laughs> so, all right, listen, have a safe flight to Michigan and back home, and I will talk to you on September 11th. Sounds good. Thank you, Denise. You're welcome. Get some rest. Okay. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.